0: listening to the Renee and Rochelle podcast where our goal is to encourage you in your Christian faith. I'm Renee.
1: I'm Rochelle and let's get started. Hello, welcome back. Hey guys, we're back. It's
0: been a minute. I went on a
1: mission trip. It was incredible. God really moved. Thank you for praying, if you were praying.
0: Yeah, we were praying. I sent you with money. I was supporting you all the way and praying. Cool, so. Yeah,
1: it was, it was really incredible and I'm sure I'll share a story about something that happened over there on this podcast.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think people want to hear that stuff too. I wasn't doing anything near as spiritual. I just went and visited my family who I haven't seen in four years. So that is also important. (laughs) In New Zealand.
1: No, that's really cool too.
0: So today we want to talk about culture. And I guess just to preface it, we are viewing culture through a Christian lens and perspective. We are viewing it from the perspective of kingdom culture. Mm. So every single person has culture. What does culture encompass? Culture is your values, your belief systems, it is your, your way of doing family, it's how you relate to people, uh, it can be food, it can be dance, it can be music, it can be art. There's so many things that encompass culture.
1: The definition?
0: Yeah. Um, the ideas, customs and social behaviour
1: mm-hmm. of a particular people or society. There you go. So
0: we are approaching today through the lens of kingdom culture, Christ-centered culture, yeah. basically based on our understanding and belief from the Bible that when you are born again, you become a new creature in Christ. Yeah. And, yep. and that's the view we're taking this from. Mm. We aren't, we, while we are going to talk about and reference our own cultural backgrounds and, you know, other people we know, while we are talking about that, we're not speaking as experts on that, but what we're talking about, and I guess in the sense of speaking as an expert on, is the the, the premise of kingdom culture. Yeah. That's what we're really wanting to talk about. Yeah. Isn't it, really? That's, yeah. that's where we're going with this. Mm. I might pull up a verse that kind of explains kingdom culture. Yes, please. Is it going to be Joshua? No. Ah. <laughs> I, oh, just know, I just know you've been in Joshua. I have been <laughs> in like
1: Joshua, which yeah, like I said earlier to Renee, um, I feel like has been a real book on culture because I feel like Joshua and his family and his mm-hmm. people um, are kind of Oh, I'll talk about it soon. They were countercultural,
0: cultural, but they, they were like Yeah. Foreshadowing Jesus. Yes. Oh my gosh. That's another whole podcast on its own.
1: Oh, I don't know where it is. Okay, I'm just gonna explain it and then I'm gonna try to pull it up or you might better pull it up. So no, I did write it down. I did write it down. I don't know where I wrote it down, but I did. Okay, anyway, it doesn't matter. So the story in the Bible where Jesus heals the guy who's blind with the mud. Yes. Yep. So cultural context. Because very good to understand cultural context. Cultural context is this guy was blind, and the disciples say to Jesus, "Is he blind because he sinned? Uh, because he's a sinner? Because he did something wrong?" And Jesus says, "No, he's that's not the reason he is blind. We're about to do a miracle in his life right now. Something along you can probably pull it up. Something along those lines. So straight away." Jesus is addressing a cultural belief system that if you have a disability, if you of that time, if you are blind or whatever, it's because you're a sinner or you've done something in your lineage culturally. So what they used to do is when they saw people like that they would spit at them in disgust. People are coming along and they're spitting at the ground at this guy. He can't see, just hears the spits and he probably felt it. Mm. Then you have got Jesus comes along. And what does
0: he do? He spits in the ground. There's one where he spits and makes there's there's yeah. two. There's one where he spits yeah. and makes mud that's in John yeah. chapter 9. Yeah, there you go. And so there's he, another one where he it doesn't say he makes mud. It just says he spit on the man's eyes.
1: Yeah, so so think about it there for a moment. So Jesus is taking Jesus is taking something that was seen as disgust from the world, from his culture, by spitting. And it ends up becoming the very thing that gets to see the miracle. And now, I don't know, I always think about that story because I'm always like, it's so interesting. Why mud? Why spitting? But when you look at the cultural context, Jesus is actually bringing freedom from something that was so oppressive to him. Anyway, so the point I'm saying here is like, the culture of the time was, we look down on people, we're going to oppress them, we're going to do this, this, this. That was a cultural understanding. Wow. But the kingdom culture, which is Jesus, is, no, that's not the case. I'm going to bring life mm. into you. You don't have to live that way anymore. Come on. Let's see the freedom. Boom. He gets healed. Story after story after mm-hmm. story. What is Jesus doing? He's, he is saying, hey, this is your cultural understanding but I have a better way to live. The Pharisees and all those people, they pretty much what they were was they were people in place to enforce the culture. Mm. They were enforcing a religious the religious, the part religious part culture. Mm-hmm. So when Jesus comes along and says um, and does, performs a miracle on their, on, the on the Sabbath and then they say you can't perform a miracle on the Sabbath, you can't do this, you can't do that, jesus kind of cultural to their religious cultural system comes Mm -hmm. along and says hey actually there's a better way to live Mm -hmm. there's freedom in me if someone you're missing the point here if someone needs freedom needs healing let's do that instead of holding a cultural belief system saying all of that what it indicates to me is sometimes our cultural belief system
0: can actually oppress us Mm mm-hmm the Apostle Paul, mm. like he was an incredible missionary, and he went to many cultures, many countries, mm. and found a way to express the gospel uh, with signs and wonders. Following anyway, like like it says, um, to so many different cultures. Even like remember when he went to Malta. I love and he was Malta. And the then story the of Malta: the snake just... bit him, and uh, they were like, "Oh, he's favorite. evil," because yeah. their, their cultural belief system said that he was an evil man who deserved this. He was now going to die.
1: Well, it's like Pete Pete told me when he went to Africa, they're really
0: afraid of chameleons. Oh my gosh, yeah, chameleons. Poor little chameleon, can't do anything to you. And they're going to, like, kill the poor little thing. And then, like, spitting cobras that are actually super dangerous and not great, they're not scared of them. They just, like, throw rocks at them. And it's all to do with... It's all to do with... Culture. Superstition and cultural cultural beliefs, yeah. But yeah, like, Paul on the island of Malta. And then he, how God you, turned that all around and mm. showed them that that particular part of their culture was not actually in line with what God says is the truth mm. and brought healing. At, well, yeah. Paul didn't even need healing. He never, he never mm. even had any side effects. But then they saw that and were like, oh, you know, we mm. should listen to this man. And then he ends up in the main head honcho of the whole place yeah. in his house, heals his father mm. through the power of God. And like, and then all these people get saved. Oh,
1: yeah. I mean, by. even too like the Book of Ruth. You know, she's a Moabite woman. Which, Mo- oh,
0: going into the background of that is crazy. So
1: Moabites—they're not. Um,
0: they weren't people who believed in God. Well, not not our God. They were. They were. They came about when Lot's two daughters, mm. through incest, got pregnant by their dad mm. and created a people group. Mm. But
1: long story short, it comes to a crunch point where everyone's died and she's like, do I go back to my people group or Mm. not? And she says, your people will become my people and your God will become Become my my God. God. Absolutely. And that instantly makes me think, Mm -hmm. when you become a Christian, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: your God becomes my God. So Mm. the God of Abraham and Isaac will now become my God too and my children's God.
0: Yeah. And remember, she says, and him only will I worship. Yes. And I think that's where we kind of got into this conversation because mm. we were looking around us at a lot of conversations and a lot of things that are happening on a national and global scale and people really make their culture their God and mm. their identity and they mm-hmm. worship that thing rather than the other, other way around. And even Christians mm. do the same thing. And they can be from any mm. cultural background. We've got... People at my church from all different cultural backgrounds. Yeah. you know, it's not just one size fits mm. all. They're coming from all different places mm. and experiences, and each and every one of them has the opportunity to say, "I'm only going to worship God. Yeah, I'm not going to worship my culture. I'm going to find my identity in God and not in my culture. Yeah, first and foremost, I, th- I think that as Christians, every single one of us has to do that. Mm. That's it. That's so
1: really Joshua twenty four fourteen, which like I said before. Is an incredible book and really explores this topic. So it says, So fear the Lord and serve Him wholeheartedly. Put away forever the idols your ancestors worship when they live beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt. When it says your ancestors worship, that gives me the indication. He's talking about culture. Mm. He's talking about this is the cultural understanding, upbringing that you've. That they've been a part of. And are Mm. you going to continue that line. Or are you going to choose something else. Then he says serve the Lord alone. But if you refuse to serve the Lord. Then choose today whom you will serve. Would you prefer the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates. Or will it be the God of the Amorites. In whose land you now live. But as for me and my family. We will serve the Lord. There is a real defining moment. Mm. Of we're going to choose this way. We're going to love God. We're going to choose this way. We're going
0: to serve him. I like uh, Galatians. Well, I like Galatians anyway. It's probably my favorite book in the whole Bible. Mm. Uh, Galatians chapter 3, verse 28 and 29, it says, There is no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And now that you belong to Christ, you are the true children of Abraham. You are his heirs and God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. Mm. It, It kind of is like, you know how the church is divided along denominational lines often? Mm. And people define, Christians Mm. define themselves by their denomination. It's the same thing. God's like, that's not really my ideal setting. The church is meant to be the body of Christ with Christ as the head and us doing all the rest of the jobs of the body. Mm. And when you look at the Mm. early church, it wasn't, there Mm. were no denominations. It was the church.
1: Do you know what? Same kind of thing. I really love coming back from this trip that I just went on. Culturally, very different. Mm. I looked around when <laughs> I was walking on the streets, everything, the way they dressed, culturally completely different. But the Christians I met, man, we were one in spirit. Yeah. Because we come from the same culture, the kingdom of God. Yes. Yeah. We were united, brothers and sisters, despite cultural barriers because we have a kingdom culture. And that's what culture does, kingdom culture does, is it really unifies believers.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm just going to read 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 5, fairly well-known passage of Scripture, uh, verses 14 to 17. Either way, Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died Mm -hmm. and was raised for them. So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. How differently we know him now. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. Mm. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. And we're not saying... Let's just put it out there because you always get, you know, someone. Mm. We're not saying that you have to completely divorce yourself from your cultural background whatever that is. Mm. My family are Aboriginal, well, my mum's side of the family. I've got tons of really cool artwork that's that reflects that in my home. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I'm not ashamed of that. I talk about it. I I was lucky enough to grow up in a fairly traditional setting out on community. So I have that background of how I was raised and sometimes the way I think about different Things is not completely westernized, you know. It, it might be slightly different. The way I approach family is probably slightly different to your general mm. westernized concept of family, for example. And you would you would have that as well yeah. with a Pacific Island intergenerational
1: background. family. Yes, under
0: the same roof, very common. Yes, not that mum, dad, and two kids kind of. Even though that is my immediate family, um, that's not necessarily considered your core family and your only family you've got other extended family that you have a lot more to do with and things like that anyway that being said those parts of culture are fine Mm. they have no impact on how I live my life necessarily I don't set my life by them and make them an idol and make them my identity Mm. to the detriment of my Christian walk and I think that's where it
1: becomes... A great one that might be familiar in our minds, mm-hmm. especially if you're a Christian listening to this, was recently the Jesus Revolution movie came out, oh my goodness. which is all about the movement that happened in the 60s. Yeah,
0: I think 60s and 70s. Yeah, 60s Sounds and 70s. Right. We mm. love that
1: you love fun music. We love that you love the culture mm. of the time there is some parts of it that aren't good like sleeping yes. around and drinking and yeah. it's not serving you and you know it's not serving you mm-hmm. so hey jesus has a better way for you and then out comes the jesus revolution
0: yeah and well and the they culture of,
1: the culture of god within the context of of the their culture yeah they didn't separate them from their culture you mm. didn't have a bunch of hippies no longer be hippies yeah they still were able to be hippies and be themselves yeah. Without smoking dope and
0: <laughs> Yeah, taking away certain parts of it. Yeah. Because yeah. you know, with your experience you said you felt like this release or relief where you yeah. didn't have mm. a guilt almost to be obligated yeah. to go back to do yeah. some of your cultural obligations that you had felt guilty about. Well before. I think
1: I think what it is is my whole life I've been brought up to believe that my identity in my culture is the most important thing yes yes and if i don't like so if i don't show up to cultural things mm. then i am being very disrespectful
0: mm-hmm.
1: that's not the case when i look at some of my family their identity is so linked in their identity mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so so linked in their identity for me personally i saw it as a little bit trapping at times
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah yeah I don't know if I'm going in the right direction, but yeah, not finding my identity in my culture, but actually in Jesus. Yes. First and foremost. First and foremost in Jesus. And so that means for me, go to church not because it's a cultural obligation. Mm-hmm. I go mm-hmm. to church because I'm a Christian. Yes. So that means I don't read my Bible because it's a cultural obligation.
0: Absolutely.
1: I read my Bible because I'm a Christian.
0: Yes. And because you love God and you want to know him more.
1: Exactly. Yeah look after my family Mm -hmm. because it's a cultural obligation and that's just what we do. I do that because I'm a Christian and God says, says to us like to love your neighbor as yourself and you are your brother's keeper. Yes. The problem is, is then when religion becomes cultural. And I think one that we can think of is like, there are so many cultural Jews out there who are just Jewish from identity but they're not Jewish in, in religion.
0: Yeah, they're not practicing Jews. No. Yeah. Or even, oh, like, okay, put it in, a, in another perspective. How many Catholics don't practice Catholicism? They go to church Christmas and Easter.
1: There's heaps of Pacific Islanders who go to church because culturally they're Christians. Yes. And that's a part of their cultural, like White Sundays, for example. Yes. Massively yes. part of our culture. But are they actually kingdom culture? Are they actually, yeah.
0: Yeah, well, it, it, it's the classic case of you live like the devil Monday through Saturday and then yeah. show up to church on Sunday.
1: And, and here's a real, this is, I might pull this out because it sounds slightly judgmental, but I'm just going to be really honest. How I know someone is culturally, has kingdom culture or just has cultural like Christianity is most people who are kingdom, like kingdom of God, identity, culture, on a Sunday they're going to church, mm-hmm. they don't get drunk yep. and spend all their money on booze. And another big one for me, they're not having kids before they get married. That's probably the biggest one I notice.
0: The I'm big, doing a little dance. The
1: biggest one <laughs> of, all of, them, <laughs> of all of them, of all of them, the biggest one yeah. I notice is It's okay for me to have kids before I get married
0: that I see. It's a big indicator. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Um, I kind of look at culture and I think it's become normal. mm -hmm. And if that's become normal, then that's not kingdom God.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The kingdom of God is so different. And I think Colossians, it says that we have been rescued from the kingdom of darkness and and brought out into the kingdom Mm. of light. And that will show. That's what you're talking about. That's going to show. You're not going to be doing all of the, the stuff that everyone else is doing and just blaming it mm. because, well, I identify mm. as this cultural mm. background. So it's okay for me to do yeah. these things. Um,
1: Can I also just say, like, there will be Christians who are brand um, new. We understand we're all on a journey. Yeah. And
0: if you've been a at of five minutes, yeah. like, it takes a bit to organize a wedding. But, and, okay, you can take this out if you need to. But seriously, if you're a Christian, because we, we went here, I'm just going to go there. If you call yourself a Christian, if you call yourself a child of God and you put yourself out publicly and say, hey, I'm a Christian and I believe in God and he blesses me and all the rest of it, and you are shacked up with your boyfriend or girlfriend, you're in sin, you need to sort yourself out, you need to repent, you need to either get married or kick them out. Boom. Said it. Here's another thing too. <laughs>
1: culturally your family is like pushing you for a big wedding which i understand cuz especially in island cultures you have a big Gosh, wedding yes go get married at the courthouse so you're not living in sin
0: yes yes
1: two kids go get married at the courthouse have the wedding later yeah cuz it's not about Preach. it's not about the wedding day
0: Mm-mm. you already done done all that essentially <laughs> if you've already got kids anyway <laughs> that was a little side note, but that was I think that actually needed to be said. Yeah. Um and someone needed to hear it. And we love you and we're saying this. Our heart motive is love, mm. that we we want to see the best for you. Mm. And sometimes, mm. and we've talked about this before, mm. love is not just agreeing with someone mm. and tolerating bad behaviour. Sometimes mm. love is saying, Hey, that is a bad behaviour and you need mm. to do something about it and adjust mm. your character. Yeah, anyway, back to something else like Back to culture. So kingdom culture. And I, I thought about it a lot and took this right back to where does kingdom culture come from? How do mm. you know? And I started thinking about the bloodline and I started thinking about Jesus, right? Mm. So Jesus came to the earth. He was born of a virgin. His DNA came from God. God was his father. Where do we get our DNA from? From our dad, mm. essentially. So he... He didn't have Joseph's blood. He wasn't from Joseph's mm. bloodline. He was from God. And he passed that to us through his death, burial, and resurrection. So when we come under the blood of Jesus, mm. that that bloodline that mm. we had, that old culture with mm. all of the things attached to it that we had, mm. goes under the blood of Jesus and is essentially washed away and a new person yeah. is raised. I just
1: love hearing stories of people who really did make us change. Oh yeah. In their family lives. This is how we've lived. And mm-hmm. I, I'm putting up, I'm not putting out that anymore. Because that's not God's best for our family. Mm-hmm. And they've actually changed mm. things. Yeah. Because that's not what we're doing anymore. All they've done is gone. I'm going to run with the kingdom culture. Yeah. I'm going to run with my identity in Christ. This yeah. is who I am in Christ. This is what I'm going to cling to. This is what my children are going to cling to. And the rest of my family are mm. going to cling to. And especially when I was reading through the book of um, Joshua, they talk a lot about and they built an altar. Yes. And they worshipped that altar. They build altars and it was very obvious. Mm. We're going to serve this altar. And today in our our cultures, we don't have visible altars. Mm. But I think it's really important even just right now if you ask God, what is in my life... Maybe in my family's life, whatever it is, is there some invisible
0: altars that I don't realise? Have they essentially put culture or some part of their their culture, even if that is just a Western worldview, mm. uh, you know, that that general mm. cultural, uh, you know, Aussie culture, for example, since we're mm. in Australia, of yeah, she'll be right made or whatever. Have they put something from that onto a pedestal that mm. they actually place above the word of God and say? Yeah, no, it's okay because everybody's Mm. doing it. It's our culture. And at the moment, all of the discussion that's happening, Mm. every
1: bit of it from transgender issues to abortion issues to cultural issues, all of it Mm. all comes down to there's all these fights between Christians and the world and all of it comes down to the world culture clashing with the kingdom of God and God's culture.
0: And then even internally in the church, the people who are in that kind of mind frame of we can kind of compromise and we can hold hands with the world and we can like love people by Mm. agreeing with them versus the people who are hardcore and who are on fire for God and who are like, no, we aren't going to bow to Mm. what the world says is acceptable and to what the world says is loving or what the world says is, you know, who we should be. Yeah. We believe in God. We accept that God knows better than we do, even if yeah. we don't know why he says what he says. Daniel in the lion's
1: den. Daniel yeah. and his
0: buddies. Yeah.
1: Um, did you ever see that meme when it's like, uh, Meshach and a bender goat?
0: Yes. I was like, <laughs> oh my goodness. I'm like, some crack I was it like, that's there. how
1: I can tell you never read your Bible and you only yes. listen to things. Anyway, um, you know, that they're, they're a prime example of we are from the kingdom of God. Yeah, we um, have been sent here, but we're not going to bow down to the culture yeah. of the time. And what did that culture of the time say? When this bell rings, yeah. you know what that sounds like? That sounds like a Muslim nation when the tower goes oh, wow. five times a day. Please, yeah. five times a day, you better bow down. Yeah. You better pray to Mecca, turn to Mecca, and you better pray to Allah. That's what that reminded me of yeah, straight away. But actually. what is it saying? Bow down and worship the king, essentially. Yeah. And they're going, no, we're yeah. not going to bow down because the kingdom of God culture says we do not bow down to any other yeah. God. We only serve our Lord and Savior. Yeah. And, you know, obviously it turned out all good for them and whatever. But, like, that's just another example of culture. And mm. I think all through the Bible, God is just constantly saying, yeah. come to me, um, take off your heavy burdens, come to me, yeah. and I've got a lighter way to live. Yeah, And it's
0: the culture of the kingdom. And look at Ruth, um, who, mm, man, I, I, it was funny. I was actually listening to Kids Corner. Podcast, I love that. Shout out, um, with the kids the other and It was the story of Ruth. And as I was listening to them, like, narrating the story, I was thinking to myself about what I know about the history and culture of the Moabites and what have you. And they were pretty wicked people. And, They they were under a curse because they came about through incest, and it was like Lot and his daughters' descendants. Lot was the dad, and his daughters were the mums of the the Moabites. That's where they came from.
1: I'm telling you, this is wild stuff. But it's in the Bible.
0: Yeah, like the things that we're already starting to see now becoming like promoted. uh, Probably you're going to find them in the Bible. Anyway, so she came from a cursed nation. And here come some of God's people out of, out of where they're meant to be in their land to go live in a cursed nation because it had food and God's land didn't at the time mm. because they're in a famine. Hello. Anyway, so this happens. She marries into an Israelite family and then they die probably because they're not where they're meant to be. I don't know why they did but they died. And so it's just three women left. they got no kids. That's crazy to me. Like, no mm. kids, no husbands, probably no money. And now the mother-in-law's like, all right, let's go home to, I'm going home to, where, where were they from? Bethlehem? No, I
1: Forgotten, but I do know. But yeah.
0: yes, <laughs> I'm having a moment. And one gets talked out of it. She stays. And the other one, Ruth, is like, no, where you go, I go. Mm. Your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. And him only will I serve. Do you know what's interesting? is because she's pretty much saying,
1: I've hung out with you enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've, I've listened to you. I've watched how your family works. Mm. And the culture that I'm seeing, I want to be a part of that.
0: Yeah. She chose that. And then she ends up in the lineage of Christ, which is incredible. Gets herself a...
1: A rich man.
0: But a rich man too. Like God blessed her for the decision she made. Wow, amazing. Anyway, so you see her, like the Apostle Paul, he was the Jew of Jews, the Pharisee of Pharisees. Like he was it as far as the culture of the time in in his um, in Israel. And God took him, knocked him off his donkey, among other things. But he was—he was thinking that he was righteous, running around killing people mm. because they had. He had given a culture up.
1: shift. Yeah. He had a culture shift. Is what happened. He got
0: knocked right off his donkey. It shifted everything. Shifted mm. his name. Shifted his culture. Mm. Shifted everything about him. Mm. And then God sent him to the Gentiles.
1: Mm.
0: You know, um,
1: Paul said to Timothy, "The same spirit that I see in you, I saw in your mother yes. and your grandmother." Lois and Eunice.
0: Isn't that what he was saying? Stir up the gift that's in yeah, you? Yeah. At the very end? Yeah.
1: Yeah. If you want that to be your story, then you've got to crucify your flesh. You've got to crucify mm-hmm. the culture that's not of God. Yeah. So that you can create the kingdom culture in your household and in your lineage. I'm just like so passionate about that because I just know that that's the best way to live. Oh, absolutely. Is to... Yeah. And can I just say like... I've, heard, I've, I've been a Christian long enough and read enough books of incredible stories and, and talked to people that it's amazing what happens when people, um, you know, they become Christians, they start mm. living this way in the culture of God, and then God speaks to them and says, just like Moses, now's your time to rise up. I want you to set your people free. Yep. You've been away from them. You've had time to see a different way of life. Mm. You've got that something instilled inside of you. Now I want you to go and set your people free. And he often sends you back into the culture sometimes that you came from to set others free from from that culture. Because mm. how amazing is it that? You know when people give testimonies, the power of that testimony yeah. is other people in the room who are still sitting in bondage yeah. can look at you and go... You've been through what I've been through and I can see a hope in that. And that's the power of a testimony. And all that is is you going, I lived in that culture, Mm. but now I'm set free
0: from it and now Mm. I follow the kingdom of God's culture and you can too. Yeah. Yeah. And the kingdom culture is not about a bunch of rules and regulations. It's about God loved us so, so much that Mm. he sent his son Mm. to be born as a human being Fully God, fully man, to live a perfectly sinless life. Yeah, to lay down his life, to shed his blood, to be raised from the dead, so that we can also be. Yeah, and in all of that, and it, and it's another verse out of Galatians that says, um, uh, "I have been redeemed from every curse of the law." I just think you know? it's funny because we're I... redeemed out of that by Jesus Christ into this amazing. Blessed, yeah. joyful, peaceful kingdom of God. And we need to live like that is actually, mm. as Christians, I'm talking to Christians yeah. now, we need to live as if that means something.
1: Often we can, in our, the world can tell us, like, man, like the Bible or God, like we won't say God's kingdom, but we know that's what they mean. Mm. God's kingdom is like so hard to live in. It's a bunch of rules. And like, I don't know why you believe that. When, Actually, most of the time, it's just, like, common sense. Like, God mm-hmm. said, don't get drunk. Why not? Because when you're drunk, you, you, you get things, things, you do stupid things. <laughs> things, you run around naked, like, <laughs> was it not? Was it just the dad? No, it was.
0: Yeah, Noah did. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah.
1: he was drunk and
0: then run around yeah. like
1: a naked person and was, how embarrassing. Oh, shamed up. I like, you know, don't do this stuff because it puts you in awful positions. Yes. Okay, don't um don't go sleeping around. Why? Because things can happen to your your body and yeah. you can get yourself into sticky situations. Like, don't lie. Why wouldn't you lie? Well, because yeah, it actually puts you in your yeah, horrible situations mm-hmm. and you get yourself caught up and you're causing more problems. Like, often the kingdom of God is just God is just so the reason yeah. He's telling us this is like. Just because he wants to be practical and like live a good life, a simple yeah. life that isn't complicated.
0: I just think it's really funny that the world is like, oh, you have to have your boundary and you have to hold your boundaries, and you know they're all about setting boundaries, you know, so mm. that you can have a healthy life or a healthy relationship, and yet, literally. That is what God tells us to do in the kingdom. He's like, here's your boundary. You, you live within oh, yeah. these boundaries and I'm going to bless you. And yet everyone kicks and screams and carries yes. on like it's a terrible thing.
1: Here's one that I seen you the other day. Ooh. Gosh, we text so much now. We text a lot. Back. So
0: you might be scrolling for a Here while. Here we go.
1: This is, this is Joshua 23, 7 to 8. Because once again, I'm really Joshua. loving the book of Joshua. <laughs> make sure you do not associate with the other people still remaining in the land, do not even mention their names of their gods, much less swear by them or serve them or worship them. Rather, cling tightly to the Lord your God as you have done until now. Yeah. Like, that's boundaries. That's like, I'm putting boundaries up. because I'm sorry, man, but I'm serving God and you're doing stuff that doesn't serve God. So I don't want to be a part of that. Or even the better way to put it is, I do not want to miss the blessing for me and my family.
0: Absolutely. And there is blessing in living a kingdom culture lifestyle. Yeah.
1: So here's a question so we can kind of put out to the listeners. Mm. Is there anything right now that you can think of that is not kingdom culture in your life that you can do something about? Mm. I mean, it's so deep and slightly vulnerable. but
0: And tell us about it. Send us a message on Instagram. Mm. Let us let us know what you're thinking. Um, you know, and there's so many things we could say about kingdom culture. Like mm. if you look in the book of Deuteronomy and Deuteronomy 28, God literally delivered this whole, um, this whole chapter, a long chapter on here's all the blessings I'm going to give you yes. if you serve me. Here's all the curses that are going to come on you if you choose not to accept the blessing. I just thought of another one too. Tell me. Well, the Israelites who left Egypt,
1: Mm. they never made it to the promised land because Mm -hmm. they still had Egypt. They still had Egypt in them. They still had Egypt in their hearts. Yep.
0: They They had that culture. They had that
1: culture of Egypt in their hearts. Yep. When God says, I've got a promised land for you, Mm -hmm. how many of them had slavery identity in their hearts mm-hmm. and said, I don't believe you. We're mm-hmm. never going to make it.
0: And they got brought out with miracles. Yes. You know, and mm-hmm. they just didn't change some of the, the, the heart issue. They didn't deal with heart issues. They had Egypt in their heart still. Yeah. They refused to let go of that that thing. And you know what? Sometimes it's about uh, being comfortable mm. or feeling safe. Mm. And that's why people don't do it. But that's the exact same reason that a lot of people go through life mm. repeating the same mistakes mm. over and over and over again because mm. they're too, either too cowardly or too lazy, um, sometimes just don't know how, to address a core issue in their heart that mm. if they just yield to the Holy Spirit mm. and get in the Word of God, they can get rid of it once yeah. and for all and move on. Do you know, like what? the Israelites going round and round and round in circles for forty years? You don't have to do. You know that. the most
1: be- a beautiful thing when I was overseas was um, I just really got drawn to this this particular young adult, and so I was like, "Come sit with me," and we were like, became really good friends. And I don't really know what happened, but I sh- I, I, I preached and then shared my testimony. Hmm. And before actually before I left to go on this trip, I just felt like God said to me, "You need to prepare your testimony." Wow. You need to prepare your testimony. And for a long time, I felt like my voice was silenced about my testimony. Mm -hmm. And part of that was culturally because there was people within my family who said, you can't tell that story because because it's oppressing to what makes us look bad. And I was like, but it's my story. Yeah. Anyway, long story short. So I preached and I shared my testimony and everyone like, didn't really mention my preaching, they just said, Wow, what a powerful testimony. <laughs> what a powerful just like anyway. She came up to me afterwards and she said, How did you, how did you find freedom from trauma? And we had a conversation and then another conversation um that happened. So an old school happened, and I went down and prayed for her, and something was happening. Here God was moving, like she was, she was shaking, like God was doing something in her heart. I I'm caught up with the girl afterwards the next morning, and I said, I "Look, like God really did something in your heart." And she said, "I just sat there and said to God, God, I don't want to live another live another 14 years in bondage. Wow. I need you to do a breakthrough in my life." Wow. And yeah, it gives me goosebumps thinking about it. Like then having another conversation with her, she just looks so free. That's so good. Like so light and so free, and was just beaming with joy. Um and i think I think about her story, and it just inspires me because I'm like, if you really want God to do something in your life, yeah, if it's been fourteen years, like the woman who has bleeding for so long yeah. and said, if he Have just yeah. touched if I just touch the hem of his garment, then I'll be
0: free, man, it happened, yeah, and that's the thing there is freedom and you can how, – how do I say it? You can still – you don't have to be ashamed of your yeah. culture that you were born into. No way. There, that's not what we're saying at all. You can still have a certain sense of pride in where you came from in a good way. Um, don't know if pride's the right word. But anyway, but you should always make – Christ the center and mm. anything that comes up against the word of God and it runs contrary to the word of God and it is an integral part of your culture, then that's probably a part of your culture that you need to just let go, put under the blood and put the kingdom above it. A hundred percent. I think that that pretty much sums it all up really, doesn't it? I mean, I'm excited. It's good to be back. It's good to be back. I'm excited that we're back. Um, I reckon we'll, well, look. All these exciting things happening. Just have a real, like, have a bit of a chat now. I quit my job, so I've got more time, got more energy to put into this stuff. Mm. I reckon you're going to be I just had energised again, fired up. I just, after
1: coming back from this trip, it just, mission trips aren't for everyone. I've said this at the very yeah. start of my episode, mission trips aren't for everyone. But for me and my husband, it's been a call that we've always felt that God's called us into yes. missions. And I might as well just share a little bit of story, but pretty much like earlier this year, so we'd passed at a church, um, four and a half years and we were kind of like, God, what's next? What's next? But we just mm. knew that we had to take a leap of faith somewhere. So at the start of this year, we started, or the end of last year, we started financially blessing other missionaries. Awesome. Around the world. Cause we're like, we want to plant the seed.
0: Funny how that works.
1: We want to plant the seed of faith somewhere. <laughs> Then we had a conversation with someone um within our movement about mission stuff and unbeknownst to me in my spirit, I'd always had this vision in my head that a missionary, you sell everything you own and you go overseas mm-hmm. and you just serve God and that, and that sometimes that's what God calls people to do. Yeah. And me and my husband had always felt like that's what we were going to do. And as we were preparing and we like sowed the seed, it was like almost... When we sowed the seed, it's like we were almost adding, I don't know, oil to the gears. But you're
0: putting your faith into action. Yeah.
1: So something was kind of moving. And I felt like God say to me, I want you to lay that dream to rest. Die to it. Lay it to rest. And I just cried and wrestled for so long. I was like, God, I can't. Like, no, God, like. This is what I want to do. And I want to serve you, God. Like, what do you is your mean?
0: identity? Like, what? Yeah. Like,
1: why would you, why would you tell me to lay it down? He's like, I want you to lay it down. So I'm having this conversation. But then unbeknownst to me, my husband is having the same thing happening to wow. him. Wow. And so we're having this conversation. Of, and, and also, too, my husband just got, like, this brand new incredible job that he felt totally blessed in. And it was, like, opening doors there. And we're like, why would God give him a brand new job that he really mm. loved? Open doors. That was like such a God thing. If he wanted us to sell it all, like, doesn't really make any sense. And so, anyway, we sat down and had this conversation and he said, I feel like God's actually telling us that like, maybe we're not going to sell everything and go overseas, but we are going to do missions. It's just going to look differently. And then we just cried and we just felt this absolute release. The next day, the very next day, we got a call up asking us, hey, do you want to come on this mission trip?
0: That's amazing.
1: And then this trip we just came from and then at the very end of that, that same week I had a call from my old Bible college being like, Hey, do you want to come lead a missions trip? Wow. And I felt like God just said to me, like, if you would just lay it all down, like don't worry, I've got the I've got the big plan for you. I will open every door. Um, anyway, so we went overseas on this trip and while we were there, we met so many missionaries. Hmm all walks of life and how some of them are full-time living there but a lot of them due to the visa situation they actually can't live there full-time yeah so they're in and out and i was like i think that's what god's trying to tell us too and then we went there and i was like it makes so much sense because if we feel called to these particular people groups Mm. when the government's i'm not gonna say never but most likely is never going to give us a visa to live there full time.
0: Mm-hmm. So, yeah, anyway. Yeah. So it was just real, um, interesting.
1: a real, I don't know, laying down and God birthing new dreams. It was exciting. It's
0: like a resurrection almost.
1: Yeah, it was really powerful. It's probably one of the most, yeah, powerful trips I've been on. I think I went with no expectation and really know what mm. we were going to do. Um, it was good. That's awesome. Really good.
0: Anyway, that's me. So it will be interesting to see what's going to happen. I just really feel like even in terms of our podcast guys talking to you and you can hold us accountable, um, this last couple months of the year, we need to finish strong. We do. You know, we need to go hard. I
1: was thinking about it too. Like for us as podcast, all it was was us being obedient. Oh, absolutely. And we didn't know what that looked like or what it meant. We just know we needed to be obedient. Yeah. And we have been. And so I just know, I just have this feeling that God's going to mm. do something with our obedience bigger than we hoped and dreamed or expected.
0: Yeah, So absolutely. watch the
1: space. Not that we're planning anything, but, like, watch what God does <laughs> in this what God space. God does. <laughs> no,
0: it's going to be good. Because will have to be him because we're real nanas when it comes to uh, social media and technology. <laughs> Lord bless us. All right. All right, love you guys. Hope this actually blessed you.